Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, travel and popular things we just don't want to do. I could just sell my house and travel for like a year. I told everyone a year. I was really thinking two years. And uh, I basically traveled nonstop for a little under a decade without a home. No, no, this is the apocalypse. This is the worst thing that's ever happened. This is what happened to the tourism industry in 9-11, this is that times 100. Everyone has some place in the back of their mind that they would love to go see. They want to go visit. And when you ask them, well, why do you want to go there? It usually comes from something they saw. It may have been a photo. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. So our first guest has traveled around the world. He's been to over 200 countries and spent the better part of a decade traveling nonstop. And he has this fascinating insight into places to go, experiences that you can have, but he also has a fascinating story because what does the three-time travel photographer of the year do when you suddenly can't travel? This is travel photographer Gary Arndt. What's it like being a travel photographer slash blogger in a global pandemic? Uh, it sucks. When this started happening last year, I thought like, first of all, it's all over there. It's not anywhere else. I was in Portugal in late uh, February of 2020, and I came to the U.S. I flew back home on February 28th. That first week of March, I got really sick. And in hindsight, I think I had COVID. And I thought this would be done in about a month, maybe two months. So I was already planning, you know, some people I knew in China about going over and maybe doing some promotional stuff because, you know, they'll need help getting their, their tourism industry back. And I had no idea that everything was going to happen. And then by April, I had realized, like, all my income had basically disappeared. Uh, there were tours that I ran for readers all gone. There were projects I did for tourism boards and other uh tourism brands gone uh affiliate sales on my website gone after a while i was talking to one of my friends who was the director of a um a rather large tourism board for a city in the u.s and he was explaining to me like no no this is the apocalypse this is the worst thing that's ever happened this is 
what happened to the tourism industry in 9-11, this is that times 100 because it, there's this cascading effect because they made their money off of hotel taxes. No one's booking the hotels. No one's booking you know the rooms. And the way the financing for the airlines work and the cruise lines work, they buy a lot of this stuff on debt. They're not going to be able to finance it. And there's this huge cascading effect when these things, you know, people can't book trips and they're, they aren't getting any revenue. And, uh, that's kind of what happened. So yeah, it's been bad. <laughs> I have literally been nowhere, uh, with the exception of moving in over a year. And I have quite literally, uh, not taken my camera out of my camera bag since February of 2020. Do you think that it's going to snap back? It's not going to snap back. It's going to gradually come back. Because what we're seeing is, and the United States is doing a relatively good job with vaccines right now compared to the rest of the world. So everyone initially was thinking, oh, well, we get the vaccine and then we're done. And like it was going to be, you know, like VE Day where, oh, we celebrate victory and we go kiss in the street and we're done. No, it's not going to be that at all. Things are being are happening at different rates across the world. Things right now in Brazil are horrible. Europe is having... Uh, increased spikes because they're not rolling out the vaccines. So even if things are good in the U.S., maybe there'll be more trips within the U.S. that'll take place. But you have people who financially are simply not going to be able to travel because they've lost their livelihoods. Maybe they worked at restaurants or, or whatever. And there's, there's just going to be the issue of different levels of fear and uh, safety that different people have. You have people that are willing to travel right now, and you have some people that are not going to travel until everyone in the world is vaccinated. And so it's not just going to snap back. It's going to, it's going to take several years for this to get back to normal. And it may never get back to normal simply because of business travel. That, that part of travel, I don't know, think is ever going to come back to where it was and probably shouldn't even. We're not going to be doing business travel anymore, but at the same time, I can work and take a road trip. Do you think that could balance each other out, right? Like, no, we're not traveling for work, but maybe we have more time and resources to travel for pleasure. It could, and I hope it does. I was I started traveling full-time in 2007, and I was really part of the very first wave of people that were doing extended long-term travel and doing stuff online while they were traveling. And I've always been wondering why countries never figured it out that this was a huge goldmine for them. And over the pandemic, countries have started to figure it out. So I know Georgia, Estonia, Barbados, several other countries have now started offering uh, digital worker visas or digital nomad visas. So you can go and work there for like a year and stay there because it's just money for them. It's like a tourist, except you're there for a longer period of time and spending even more money. I think there's going to be more competition for that. The fact that if you're working remotely, it really doesn't matter where you're working. One of the things I keep hoping uh, is that the cruise industry, because they're going to need to make money, will bring back transoceanic voyages. And the thing that's going to make this possible, I don't know if you're familiar with Starlink. This is the no. SpaceX. Oh, the SpaceX. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so they've, they've started rolling this out. They have over 10,000 customers, and people are getting two to 400 megabit per second downloads via satellite because it's a it's a constellation of low earth orbit satellites and they're going to be rolling this out to cruise ships and, and airplanes soon which means if i could sail from new york to london and do so in a ship 
without having crappy airline food, without being, you know, cramped in a seat for eight hours, I, I would arrive with no jet lag. I could have my own room. I could stream Netflix. I could work and be productive on the ship. Personally, I would do that rather than fly because I hate flying that much. Um, and I, and I don't think everyone would do that, but I think enough people would to justify them doing it. And it would take like three or four days to, to cross the ocean and, uh, it would be a much more enjoyable experience. So yeah, I think there will be a lot of changes and it, new technologies like Starlink, I think are going to, uh, make a lot of this possible. It's also going to change airlines as well, because a lot of leisure travel was basically financed by business travel that those last minute tickets, business travelers usually paid more money and that allowed for cheap fares for uh, vacation travelers. And that may go away. So people are thinking that, oh, fares are going to be cheap now. And it might be for a little bit, but in the long run, they may go up over overall. That does worry me, right? If we don't have business travel, that is, I don't know what percentage necessarily of total travel in the United States or elsewhere is business travel, but I would imagine it's quite significant. Yeah, right? it is. And if that's not subsidized anymore, then what's going to happen to our ticket prices? I mean, almost everything during a weekday is going to be business travel, the vast majority of that. So you made that decision to travel full-time in 2007, right? Yeah. How? What, what, what kind of prompted that? So I had an internet company that I had started in the 90s, did real well, sold it before the dot-com bubble burst, started some other companies after that, uh, was not necessarily involved in their day-to-day -day operation. Went back to school for the hell of it for a couple of years, went and studied uh, geology and geophysics, and I, I didn't really kind of know what to do. And it just one day it hit me. It's like travel. Uh, when I sold my business, I conned the company that I sold it to, to send me around the world to talk to their all their offices. So I did a three-week whirlwind <laughs> tour where I went to Tokyo, Taipei, Singapore, Frankfurt, Paris, Belgium, and London. And, uh, that was the first time I'd ever really been anywhere outside of the United States. And it kind of stayed with me. I had some minor trips I did to Argentina for a scientific research project. I, I made a trip to Iceland for the hell of it. Uh, and then I, I kind of just saw it like, yeah, I could just sell my house and travel for like a year. I told everyone a year, I was really thinking two years and I did that. It took me about 18 months to tie up all the loose ends. Uh, and, uh, I basically, traveled nonstop for a little under a decade without a home. Wow. Now you were you did you pick up photography as you started traveling or were you always a fairly good photographer? I mean you're what three time travel photographer of the year. Was that was that did that predate the travel bug or did that come with it? No, I knew nothing about photography. I bought a camera when I started traveling that was expensive, thinking, oh expensive cameras will take really good photos. And I quickly learned that that's not how it works because I took a lot of really bad photos. And so I just began this iterative process of improving my photography. Uh, and uh, I guess it was about five or six years between when I started and uh, when I started winning major awards. What do you think makes a good travel photo photograph? I think if, it's, if it builds a desire in someone to actually go visit that place, that's, that's the biggest thing. Because everyone has some place in the back of their mind that they would love to go see. They want to go visit. And when you ask them, well, why do you want to go there? It usually comes from something they saw. It may have been a photo. It may have been a movie. 
uh, something else, but they, they saw it and they want to then go experience it themselves. For me, it was, uh, you know, my favorite movie is Lawrence of Arabia. And I remember seeing it in 70 millimeter way back in the late eighties at this giant 70 millimeter theater, uh, before it was being shut down. And I ended up visiting Wadi Rum in Jordan where they shot a lot of it, uh, because of that. I think a lot of people have that. There are still people to this day that rent Vespa scooters in Rome because of the movie Roman Holiday. So I think there's always some sort of visual image that people have um, that spurs them to travel to a place. When you set out to take to photograph a location, right? Like, let's say it's Paris. Are you going straight to the Eiffel Tower or do you specifically avoid that kind of iconic location in that location? No, I, I'll, I'll certainly go to the Eiffel Tower uh, simply because... There's a business aspect to it as well, and I know that those photos – I know a crappy photo of the Eiffel Tower will do better online on Instagram or whatever than a great photo of something that people aren't familiar with because there's an aspect of familiarity as far as how people engage with images. I also think that you can take photos of iconic places, but you can do so in a way that isn't normal. So I have a series of photos I took. Uh, I, I was filming for a, uh, a course I did on travel photography, and we went to the Eiffel Tower at night. And most people don't go to the Eiffel Tower at night. They go in the middle of the day because that's when it's open. And it's a totally different experience being there at night. It's actually really fun because there's like all these guys selling wine. They'll just buy a bottle of wine at a store, and then they resell it, and that's how they make a few bucks. They got a plastic <laughs> cup, and people just go hang out. Um, it's really fun, and it's it's lit up. And so, and it was really uh, overcast when I was there and they have this big searchlight at the top that spins around. And so I was able to get some shots of it that, you know, I don't usually see before. So yeah, I certainly always do take the iconic shot, but you have to definitely go beyond the iconic shot because otherwise, you know, another good example, the Taj Mahal, everyone's seen the Taj Mahal. Everyone takes the same photo of the Taj Mahal. It's a centered view of it, you know, face on. Um, what I did is I just, when I was there, I, I had a guide and we arranged it. So I was the first person in line that morning to see the Taj Mahal. So when they opened up the doors, I, I ran, you have to like run up this, you know, area, you hang a right. And then through this gate, you see the Taj Mahal. So I had this like one minute window where I could take pictures of the Taj Mahal with no one there. And when people see that photo, they always have the same questions. Like, how did you get that with no one there? Uh, so, yeah, there are ways to get iconic shots, but to do so in a fashion that, that people may not otherwise notice. Let's get a little controversial. What do you think of kind of the new wave of, let's call it Instagram photo bloggers? Or yeah. What do you think of kind of that new wave of people who are traveling? I can answer it with this fact. I've been traveling for about 14 years around the world. I've been to over 200 countries and territories, every state twice. You know, I've traveled a lot. In that time, I have probably taken less than a dozen photos of myself. So it's to me, it's not about the selfie. It's about taking, you know, pictures of the place. And everywhere I go now, it's just people with their cameras in front of their face taking a photo of something behind their head. And I don't I don't understand because most of these influencers on Instagram, it doesn't matter where they are. Because wherever they are, it's just a backdrop to themselves. I took a trip a couple of years ago to Sri Lanka. And it was the, it was for this uh, hotel and there were some other influencers. 
And uh, this one woman was a Chinese uh, influencer. And we were hiking up in this mountain in a national park in Sri Lanka. And so we're all in hiking boots and everything and, and whatever, except for this one woman who had an evening gown on. And, and her concern was taking pictures of herself in an evening gown on top of the mountain, whereas everyone else was just hiking and doing things like you normally would. And so it's, it's a lot of uh, photos that are very unrealistic that are setting expectations that I think will ultimately disappoint people. And moreover, they're not really, it's all about themselves and look at my glamorous life and look how wonderful it is. Not, Hey, I'm check out this cool place I'm at. They have interesting things here and maybe helping people figure out where to travel or answering their questions. Uh, it's all, it's, it's, it's the equivalent of reality TV and I have no respect for reality TV. But at the same time, like you and I are not of that generation to be devil's True. advocate, so to speak. Do you think that they're speaking to their generation in a way that maybe we just don't understand? They're, they're speaking to some people in that generation, to be sure. Uh, maybe some of it is me just saying, you damn kids keep off my lawn. Um, but I think, like I said, I it, it's a... It's the, it's the type of people that always cared about the Kardashians or reality TV. They're people with little intellectual curiosity. You know, they can go take pictures of themselves in the Maldives, but the people that are consuming this content for the most part are not going to go to the Maldives. You know, they're the people That's that true. are going to go to, yeah. to Vegas and Branson, Missouri, and maybe they will go to Cancun to an all-inclusive resort. They're the mass market tourists. And that's a segment that, quite frankly, I don't really care about. Uh, that's not what I'm interested in. I'm more interested in the people that really are interested in learning, um, traveling to interesting places uh, because they're interesting places and not going somewhere just to show that they're friends that they went there. Are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions? Bring it on. What is your least favorite place that you have traveled? Place that you were just like, you know, I, I just didn't like that place that much. It's not that... Um, you don't like a place, but you may have a bad experience. I, the first time I was in the Yasawa Islands in Fiji, I had a great time. I met great people, had a blast, met this one woman who was one of the most beautiful women I've ever met in my life, um, really hit it off. The next time I went there, I did not experience those things. Um, the people I was, you know, so you're going to have, and I, I've seen people, it's like, oh, I hate this country. But the reason they hate the country is the experiences they had. So, for example, I was in East Timor, and boy, when I was there, it was back in 2008. They had just finished a civil war. country was really rough. There was an assassination attempt on the president and the prime minister on the same day, uh, the day I was leaving. Real rough. I, I can't say I did a lot there, but I would love to go back to compare that to my initial experience. So there really isn't a place that I would not go back to. Do you like to travel more for the view or for the people? I think they mean by like, would you rather go to Switzerland to see the mountains or would you rather go to Germany for Oktoberfest? That kind of like for the view or for the people? Yeah, it really depends because when you, something like Oktoberfest is an event. It takes place at a certain time, whereas Switzerland's always there. So if there is an event, and I've been I've been invited to certain things like the uh, Rugby World Cup in New Zealand in 2011, uh, Formula One races, stuff like that. I'll usually put a priority on those because you have to be there at that particular date and time. 
Whereas going to a country and seeing mountains or something is something that you can do at any time. You've been to 130 countries, right? Or is it more than that now? It really depends on how you define country. And this may sound like a trivial thing, but it, it's not. Um, if you say, I'm going to France, right? Does that mean you're going to South America? Well, most people would say, no, it's that you know hexagonal shaped country in Europe where they eat baguettes and they wear berets and that's France. Mm-hmm. But French Guiana is a part of France in the same way that Hawaii is a part of America. Oh, I see what you're French, saying. French Polynesia, Tahiti, is a part of France in the same way. So if you say, well, I've been to France, checkmark country, okay, there's different parts of it that for a travel reason would not be France, even though it politically is France. Yeah. So yeah. I, the, the, when I say I've been to 200 countries and territories, I'm using a list from the Traveler Century Club that divides the world geographically into these different segments. And uh, so for the United States, for example, Puerto Rico is just a considered a different thing for travel reasons. So if you go to Puerto Rico, have you been to the United States? Well, on one hand, yeah. But on another hand, no, you've been to Puerto Rico, which is different than visiting Miami. What is a popular place that if people had limited funds, limited resources, limited time, that kind of stuff, what's a popular place that you would skip? Los Angeles. A lot of, I've never been a fan of that. I'm not a huge fan of New York either. Um, I've had a great time in like Bangkok, but it's kind of been done to death. It's so many people that go there now. Um, There's a huge digital nomad community in Chiang Mai. Thankfully, I visited Chiang Mai before that happened. Uh, now I have I would I would not really uh, Bali is another one. The Balinese people are great and they have a really interesting culture. But when people go to Indonesia, they only go to Bali and they don't even think about going anywhere else. And there's so many. Even if you go to nearby islands like Lombok uh, or you just stuff on the main island of Java, there's a lot of cool stuff. The problem is most Americans, if you, they could not tell you the name of a city in Paris or in France outside of Paris. And it's yeah, really, a, yeah, it's a lack of imagination that they just don't know anywhere else. And so they end up going to these places because that's all they know. But if you, I, there are probably more places I want to visit now than there were when I started traveling simply because I'm more aware of them now uh, than I was before. Place you think everyone should go. Like you got to do this once. You got to see this once. Should go to Africa, you know. That's um, yeah. Uh, and there are certain places like the Namibia is a amazing place to visit in Africa. Really underrated. Uh, South Africa, you know, most people if they go to Africa, they're visiting the corners. It's Egypt, Morocco, and South Africa that get most of the tourists. And uh, it going in. Within that can be a little bit more difficult, but like uh, Botswana and Namibia are fine uh, to tr- to travel to. They're re- relatively safe. You know, even places like in West Africa, I think most people probably wouldn't would never consider. But I would consider a place like Ghana to also be a very fine place to visit, relatively safe. Uh, Kenya, Tanzania, places like that. Place where your money went the farthest? Probably Southeast Asia. 
and uh, also in the Balkans, in like uh, parts of Eastern Europe. Although that may have changed a little bit, but the Balkans is still by far the cheapest place in Europe. And again, vastly underrated. Uh, I bought, I rented a car in Skopje once, and I just uh, drove around. I went to Kosovo. I went to Serbia, Bosnia, uh, Montenegro, Albania, and then drove back to Macedonia. And yeah, it was great. The roads were fine. Used I had you know uh, was able to use roaming on my phone everywhere. Use Google Maps, no problem. And English, I won't say it's widely spoken, uh, but uh, certainly enough for you to to get by. Uh, people know it enough. And that's another area that people just don't consider. And there's amazing stuff in some of these places too. Because uh, the Balkans, it's just a very beautiful area. Montenegro, very tiny country. Uh, in fact, you could um, base yourself anywhere in Montenegro and explore the whole country easily on day trips from a, with a car. I hope I get the phrasing on this question correct. Place that is fantastic to go to, but you kind of got to watch it. Like you got to be a little bit careful when you go there. Like it's great and it's fine, but you got to be a little bit careful. There's a lot of places like that. You just sort of have to develop a sense of of when you're traveling, kind of like a spidey sense for what you should do and what you shouldn't do, not going into shady areas, uh, stuff like that. And you can experience those things everywhere. Uh, when I first started, I got I was the victim of a couple travel scams and I didn't lose a lot of money or anything. It usually ends up being like 20 bucks, but I've kind of now identified yeah. them. Uh, so in Cairo, you know, this guy befriended me. And then at the end, it's like, oh, come to my perfume shop. And then you're like rolling your eyes like, oh, man. Or, oh, the meter in the taxi doesn't work. Oh, you got to pay, you know, some flat rate, which is grace, grossly inflated. And you learn to to watch out for those things after a while. Um, there are certain cities like Barcelona and Rome where there's a large number of pickpockets and pickpocketing is a, it's a skill really. And uh, it has to be passed down from generation to generation. And there just aren't as many pickpockets anymore. So there's only a few places where you're going to have serious pickpockets And Rome and Barcelona are two of the big ones. And uh, one of the habits I started actually when I started traveling and I still do this today is I don't put my wallet in my back pocket anymore. I always put my wallet in my front pocket and now it's just, that's just what I do. Uh, and I've never been pickpocketed in the course of my travels. And I guess, you know, not to kind of bag on, 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 on other countries at the same time, right? When we talk about places that you that could be really great, but you've got to watch it. Like, I live in Seattle. You could say the same thing about Seattle. Like, there's places in Seattle that you probably don't want to be. Absolutely. Uh, one of the, the, the issues I've come up with is like, so if something happens in Seattle, right? Let's say tonight on the news oh, a man was murdered, you're not going to flip out and say, oh my God, I got to leave Seattle, right? There's probably yeah, several murders yeah. a year. And you know that because you're there and you're familiar with the, with the area. You know it's safe and you know it isn't. However, if a tourist is murdered in Mexico, or I think there's a woman who died in Aruba, suddenly Mexico is dangerous or a, a, the entire country. So the further away we get, we paint it with a broader and broader brush. And uh, just to put it into consideration, uh, do you remember when the bombing at the Boston Marathon happened a few years ago? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a friend who was concerned about my travels once and they lived in California. And when that happened, I called him and I said, hey, I heard there was a bombing in America. Are you all right? 
Now yeah, you laugh because you live right. you live in America and you know that that's silly. That California is nowhere near Boston. Yet a place like Mexico is a it is a big country. It's not as big as the United States, but it's still big in the big scheme of things. There's a hundred million people who live there. And when things happen, say, in the north where there is drug cartel stuff going on, that does not affect what's happening in the Yucatan Peninsula where you have a very low crime rate. But most people, if you don't live in that place, you can't make that distinction. And so we paint it with a broad brush and then we only hear bad news. What is your bucket list thing? I don't have a bucket list so much as a to-do list. Jamaica. I've been to every other place in the Caribbean other than Jamaica and Cuba. Uh, I haven't been to Peru. Uh, I haven't spent a lot of time in mainland China. A lot of bigger countries. I've spent more time in like smaller island countries. Uh, lots of India still to explore. I'd love to take like the the Trans-Mongolian Railroad from St. Petersburg to Beijing at some point. I'd like to go back to parts of Central Asia. I've been to a lot of it, but I still haven't been to like Afghanistan or Pakistan. Midway Island is something I've been looking to get to for years and they've closed it basically to tourism midway is like well midway between like hawaii and japan and it's a u.s yeah. territory and it actually used to be easy to get there and now they've kind of turned it into a bird sanctuary and it's really hard but every so often there are uh, chartered flights for like military historians and buffs uh to go commemorate the battle of midway and i always keep looking for it and they last several trips have been canceled uh, northern Alaska, northern Canada. I'm trying to visit all the national parks in Canada, and the ones above the Arctic Circle are really hard to get to. Uh, so that'll require a, a lot of effort. Uh, maybe even you know places eventually like the South Pole, which can be done. Uh, you just have to throw a whole lot of money at it. What would you say to somebody who hears you talking about these places that maybe they've never even heard of or these kind of exotic adventures and just thinks, I can't do that? Yeah, you can. You just have to do do it. Um, when most people think of travel, most Americans, the thing is all of the expenses you have in life, your mortgage, your rent, your utilities, insurance, your car, that doesn't that that doesn't get put on hold while you're traveling, right? Your landlord doesn't say, "Hey, you weren't home uh, for two weeks because you were on vacation, so you don't have to pay any rent because you weren't here." It doesn't work that way right? You have to keep paying all that stuff. And then you have to pay for travel on top of the other stuff. So when I left to go travel, I had no other expenses. And it's incredible how cheap your life can be when you er eliminate all that other stuff. If all that's gone, then you can live very affordably uh, traveling. You can get a very nice furnished apartment in Bangkok for about $300 a month. Uh, in, and on the lower end, I know a lot of people that have been able to travel for years for about a thousand dollars a month. So if you, if you have some point in your life where you're going to have a transition, you get a new job, you're going to be moving. Those are great opportunities to go travel. That's pretty much all the questions that I have. What's coming up for you. I know you got a lot of, a lot of things going on. Uh, the biggest thing right now is, you know, when everything hit the fan, um, I launched a new podcast last July, uh, and it's not a travel podcast. It's a daily podcast. It's a daily scripted podcast. So every day I write a 1,500 to 2,500 word script, and it's called Everything Everywhere Daily. 
and it's just a random, interesting story every day. So I, I've one day, you know, like I explained why sliced bread is the greatest thing since sliced bread and where that term came from and how sliced bread was invented. Um, I've done stories on Andre the Giant and how he was the most prodigious drinker in the world. The guy drank 156 beers once in one sitting, you know, historical things from ancient Rome. So it's just a random thing every day. I, I got a lot of just really, really fantastic reviews from it that the people who like it, because it's like a 10 minute show. It's yeah. not a long commitment. So I, I have people that listen to it when they drop their kids off to school. And so much of our lives now online, it's algorithmically driven. We only see what the algorithm shows us. And there's all these like political bubbles. And the whole point of the show being kind of random is serendipity. And I get emails all the time. It's like, I didn't know that. Like I'd never heard of this thing before. I just, uh, there's this news story right now about the ship that's stuck in the Suez Canal. I just did an episode last week about the Yellow Fleet, which was 15 ships that were stuck in the Suez Canal for eight years after the uh, Six-Day War in 1967, because Egypt closed off either end of the canal. They put in mines and they sunk ships. And so these, these guys were stuck here for eight years. So that's what the show is. It's just this random for people who are curious about the world and want to learn something new every day. Uh, that's what the show deals with. I want to thank Gary so much for joining us. If you want to connect with him, we have linked to him on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Instagram and Twitter. And we have also included his information in the episode description. His podcast is really cool. It's really cool because it's just these little bits of information that really open you up to a much wider world. Everything, everywhere, daily is what it's called. Okay, now let's go ahead and bring in John Shaw. All right, what's the biggest you've ever messed up? Uh, <laughs> like personal life we're talking about or, or anything? Personal or professional. The reason that I'm asking, right, you've seen this story about the ship that got like stuck sideways in the canal. <laughs> oh, right? yeah. Like think oh, about yeah. how like how bad that dude or whoever's driving that boat messed up. Like what's the biggest you've ever messed up? <laughs> or you just been how am I even going to explain this to anybody? One time I you know it was with my who is now wife. Uh I was kind of an asshole to her one night at the bar and um uh we were still dating. Actually the first well the story is going to die out of control. Um First time I had brought her to Michigan to meet my friends and family, and we went out, and I had a little bit too much to drink, and she kind of saw uh, a different side of me. And um, we had to actually, uh, we were out till 1 or 2 a.m. She actually left me there. I had to, I ran like five miles home that night, uh, and uh, we had to catch a flight to Orlando where we were living the next morning, and uh, she had she had broken up with me uh, because of it. You guys broke up, and then you got on the plane? together yeah that was that was that's the only time in my adult life actually that this is a great this is a great example now that i think about it it's the only time in my adult life that both of my parents uh were sitting at the kitchen table when i came in from the bar just waiting to like you know berate me so whoa man i only got that once like i came home and my dad was just like Let's have a chat. Like, oh, I done <laughs> fucked up. And you know it, too. As soon as you walk in the door, just, oh, I messed up here. Yeah, that was, 
Well, to make matters worse for me, though, though it was my fault, by the way. I mean, I, I was just had too much to drink. It, it was actually the first time I had really drank after my liver uh, issues, to be honest. Did um, you go? Did you go angry drunk, or did you get overly emotional? Angry, like you don't... Actually, angry. Oh yeah, angry. And it wasn't angry. fair. It wasn't fair to to. Well, I wanted to call her my girlfriend, my my now wife. But the worst part about it, karma bit me in the ass so hard that night. Because as I'm like angry running home, because I don't know why, you know, I don't know why like she left me and why everyone left me. Uh, I, I'm going to like run across a bridge, like a pedestrian bridge, and I don't get the step, and I fall flat on my face, and I ripped my right knee, like the skin off my right knee. Ooh. So not only did I show up to my, you know, to my where we were staying or or whatever at my parents' house, uh, wasted. I was covered in blood. That's actually, this is a perfect story to tell, I guess. Uh, yes, that's without Man. a doubt one of those moments where I was like, oh boy. How was yeah. that flight? How'd that flight go? Were you still broken up by the end of the flight or were you back together by the end of the flight? I don't blame her, but we didn't talk for a week. And I mean, we were like living together at that point. Wow. Uh, well, she was like staying with me in my condo, I should say. Uh, but she laughed. First and, um, of all, don't say condo. I know where you lived. You didn't have a condo. You had an apartment. Well, what... Don't try to class it up like that because you're trying to create the impression that you were living someplace fancy and it was just an apartment like any other apartment that anybody else lives in. Don't try to class it up. All right. Well, I, don't I mean, appreciate that. I will say just one other example <laughs> was I was working at a TV station here in Detroit and I was dating a girl on the west side of Michigan. So I would often go over there and then I would drive back to work in the morning, uh, which was like a three hour drive. Stupid. I get it. But I was young and dumb. Well, one morning I hit a deer <laughs> and I didn't, you know, I was in such a rush to get to work that, you know, I didn't even I didn't even stop. Uh, cause to be honest, I was going so fast. There wasn't much left of the deer. I don't think, but either way I pull into the station and my front, like the front of my car is gone. Like it's down to the radiator and I had no idea. And, uh, I pull in and get out. And after you hit the deer, no joke, I was going so fast. And it was at night that when I, hit, and I'm probably going to sound like a terrible person. Well, yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah. But well, I mean, you are... I, I'm not really, I, I don't really know that there was a lot left. I mean, I hit that thing going like 85 miles an hour in a, a midsize SUV. Oh, and, yeah, that um, thing was probably vaporized. And, there probably uh, anyway, wasn't a lot. Anyways, I, where I worked, uh, you know, in, in Detroit at the TV station, they have a parking garage, and I pull into my car smoking, and I didn't realize why. <laughs> and I back into a parking space, and uh, oh, a photographer... Man. A photographer actually walks over and he's like, what the fuck happened? And I had no idea other than I'd hit a deer. And uh, dude, there was. Are uh, you sure it was a deer? Like you didn't I, kill somebody, did you? I, well, I don't think so. But, you know, there was, there was still, this might be TMI, but there was some, some meat chunks and some hair in the. Wow. The grill. And, and you uh, just went to work with bloody deer <laughs> all over your car. What the yeah. fuck is wrong with you? I actually, true story, I had um, someone kind of, you know, it, it made its way through the news station, as you know, right? All, <laughs> yeah. All, all, all businesses are small to some degree. And uh, my boss called me into her office and, and wanted to, like, have a chat with me. 
I would, and that chat wouldn't just be like, that would be, yeah. I would want to have a life chat with you. Like, not just about, hey, John, watch your driving. Like, John, man, what are you doing here, dude? That's, you can't do that. To be you honest, the, pull that wasn't the, even the, that's not even the worst part of, like, that's not even the worst story from, like, my Grand Rapids to Detroit travels when I dated that girl. Not even the worst story, but I'll save the worst story for another time. Okay, give us, uh, give us a hint in five words. Fell asleep in a construction zone. Six words, but. Fell asleep in a construction zone. That is six words. I can't count like that. Those are definitely two moments now that I think about it where I was like, I've made some mistakes. Every couple eventually somebody's going to get too drunk, you're going to fuck up. It was pretty much always the guy in that situation. But most people generally have the kind of common sense not to run over an animal and then drive their car into the work parking lot. <laughs> We were all young and dumb, I guess. And uh, yeah, I don't think that ever really changes. You just get older and a little bit less dumb. Um, all right, okay. Well, well, can I to... say one more? I'm sorry. Can I say one yeah, more let's, story? Let's, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I was on a roller coaster in Orlando, and uh, I wore. I, I I used to wear uh, like recreationally like shoes. I never used to tie the shoelaces, and I was on okay. a roller coaster. What do you that have to do with recreationally? Like recreation? Well, I... You mean just athletic shoes? You mean yeah. sneakers? Yeah, sneakers. Like I just okay, never. Okay, where to were you going with the recreational part? Like I just well, recreationally don't like to. Like it's a challenge for you that you don't tie the shoes. You you know how you said like you can't count and talk. Well, I was I was trying to figure out how I was going to continue the story without making me sound like a terrible person. Oh, okay, so all right. So you were wearing sneakers and you didn't tie them, is how I would have started the story. But that's just yes. me. And okay. I, I I I did not tie them, knowing that you know this roller coaster, you know it's going to be loop de loops and things like that, and uh, as, as we were going off or, you know, going up the, the first hill, I said to myself, I probably should have tied my shoes. What was the name of the roller coaster? Uh, the Hulk at Universal. <laughs> You're a terrible um, person. And for anyone who knows, coaster. yeah, anyone who knows that ride, you know, you shoot out at whatever, 50, 60 miles an hour, you go into loops. Well, anyways, coming out of that, my shoe fell off and went <laughs> behind me and cracked the dude behind me right in the face. And he didn't say he had a broken nose, but I'm telling you, I mean, it was it was bleeding profusely. And uh, that's another one of those moments where I was like, oh, uh oh, I did what, something bad. What did he say to you? Like, I'm collecting your information. There wasn't a whole lot said, actually. Um, I, I even waited around because I wanted to get my shoe. But you know how they, they won't go. Oh, you track. didn't care about you didn't care about that guy's health. You were just concerned <laughs> about your fucking New he was fine. I, I offered, I was like, listen, if you need to go to the hospital, like, you know, I, I'll go with you, whatever. I'll cover it. And he, he was like, no, I'm just going to go to the medical tent. And I was like, all right, I, I think your nose is broken, pal. Yeah, but, yeah that's when you, that's um, when you do the offer and then you get the fuck out of there. Yeah, like, but, hey man, I'll help you. No, I don't need it. Okay, bye. And I'll never see you again. He left and uh, I, I waited an hour. They waited till like a, a break when they were doing some maintenance to the, the roller coaster. They got me my shoe and I joined my friends. <laughs> so okay but but yeah that was one of those moments where like when it was coming off and i was like this is not good and uh, where where was the shoe like where did it get launched to just did it get it catching a safety net no so it was underneath uh i mean it's hard for me to explain if you don't know what the track of the coaster it was underneath a track what kind of shoes were they uh they were new balance how much (laughs) dang they actually wore new balances how much you pay how much you pay for them i want to know what the 
I don't remember, probably 50, 60, 70 bucks. They were okay. a nicer form of New Balance, but they weren't like... Yeah. Well, that's the problem, right? Like initially I would say that's not worth waiting an hour for, but you really don't have any options, right? You can't just go walking around for the rest of the day yeah. without just one shoe. You're kind of One stuck shoe there. on. And I'm pretty sure the sock I had had a hole in the heel. So like that makes it even worse. Did you try to ride any other rides in the meantime and like explain yeah. it away? Just like, hey, I lost my shoe on this ride. I'm waiting for it back, but I can still go on Spider-Man, right? <laughs> no, I uh, I don't think you can do that. I think you have to have shoes on for rides or they won't let you on, I think. Man, what a rigged system that is. Man, I can't yeah. believe that dude got hit with a shoe on the fucking face. Well, you know, the best part about it, well, the best part, I guess the worst part for me was I saw it come off and just something in my mind was like, wow, it flew straight back. I really hope it didn't hit anybody. And when I got off, he was, you know, and, you know so. man. You could have definitely, though, like, walked away. Well, no, you would have been found out because you could have played like it wasn't me, but then he clearly would have seen one guy without a shoe on. And then been like, I wasn't me. You've only got one shoe. I can clearly see it was your shoe. No, I mean, somebody else. He he was he was going to be okay. He might have broke his nose. And I'm sorry if if you happen to be listening to this guy who I don't know. uh, I'm sorry if I broke your nose. No, I mean we didn't we didn't wow. get that. I would have gotten some sort of information from you. Right? Nope. Like I'm taking a picture of your driver's license in that situation, sir. What's Thanks for taking then? me down memory lane. Hopefully that, you know, those stories entertain some people. All right. So to basically come to a conclusion on there, John in both his personal life in terms of dating and his professional life in terms of working and around his friends fucks up pretty badly on a consistent basis. This <laughs> is <laughs> the moral of that story. All right, let's I let's mean, do some shout outs. Do you have do you have any stories? Is that just to throw me out there? You gonna you gonna stay mum? You gonna go? Uh, uh, the one that I can think of is the time that I was legitimately friends with an ex girlfriend, and then we showed up to new girlfriend's birthday party together. <laughs> that was a bad look <laughs> in hindsight, but we were like legit friends, and I forgot it was new girlfriend's birthday party, and so I showed oh. up and I was like, oh wait, I probably shouldn't have showed up to new girlfriend's <laughs> birthday party with ex girlfriend. Wow, that takes some <sighs> that, that takes some cojones, man. That was a mistake. Yeah, that's a mistake. Yeah, it was all a right. Mistake. <laughs> I'm pretty all sure right, I got well. punched in the face that night. <laughs> yeah, definitely, that... I was definitely a slap, but it might have been a punch. All right, we're gonna we're gonna start on Twitter today. Uh, Chris Reynolds, appreciate you, Catherine, April, Igor. Is Catherine and, uh, and April one? Is Catherine April? Is that one person? Is it Catherine April? Is it Catherine and April? That is Catherine and April. Catherine and April? Or Catherine Catherine, and? Oh, my God. Catherine and April. Okay. All right. Thank you. And then uh, I'm going to end with uh, Matt Bolton, a.k.a. uh, I'm just going to call him Michael Bolton for no reason. Um, He doesn't doesn't hate that at all. He doesn't. He's probably never heard that before either. No, Uh, not a bit. (laughs) We're going to go over to the gram now. Uh, <laughs> uh Mr. Blue Tie, appreciate you. Uh mm-hmm. Sarah, Chris, Hazy Simone, and Ben Price. You all get the uh the gold stars and uh for the week. So appreciate y'all. Okay. Okay. All right, so my, all right. my my questions for you, uh two out of three are because I'm watching certain television shows. And uh you'll get it. Okay. Uh so the first one is would you rather be a grandmaster of chess? Or a giant of backgammon? Chess. 
I chess because if somebody's really good at chess, you assume that they're really smart. So it's better to be the grandmaster of chess than backgammon. Shout out to the Queen's Gambit if you've never seen it. Fantastic show on Netflix. Okay, all right, thank you for that. And then, uh, uh, say you say you had been in prison for a while and you were released. What is the first thing you would eat when you got released? Do you think buffalo wings? Oh, nice. Right. All right. Yeah, because I wouldn't think like they probably have pizza in prison or some sort of pizza. They probably have burgers. Chicken wings is not the kind of thing that I would imagine that they have a lot of in prison. And I'm a big chicken wings fan. So I would probably go chicken wings. I'm I'm going to go probably the worst fast food I can think of that like is my favorite. So mm. Culver's or or Burger King or something, you know, something like that. I could see that. And, and and that's a shout out to Making a Murderer. If you've never seen that, also on Netflix, very interesting, documenting the Stephen Avery and Brendan Dassey cases. If you don't, they make like fifty of those. You know, I, I. It's funny you say that. I thought that, and then it's just two seasons of the same case or cases because there's two cases. So. Oh, okay. Did you watch Tiger King? That came out a year ago. Think about that. Fuck, that's insane, yeah, dude. That's a year ago. <laughs> Remember when he thought uh, the former president was going to He's gonna pardon him? <laughs> Look, man, I mean that's ridiculous. But stranger things have happened, right? All right, what's your what's your last big question here? I'm pretty. All right, um, you have to pick one of these: a smoothie, a shake, a Slurpee, or a snow cone. Which one you going with? <laughs> you go with a shake, dude. That's not even. First of all, mm. it's clearly shake. Then I'm going smoothie, then Slurpee, then Snow Cone is at the bottom, right? Uh, see, I agree with you with Snow Cone's last, but I, I think I would go smoothie, Slurpee, shake, Snow Cone. Smoothie, Slurp. So you would go Snow Cone, smoothie, Slurpee, shake. And I would go Snow Cone, Slurpee, smoothie, shake. Do you know the difference between a shake and a malt? Is it something to do with uh, ice cream? It's something to do with the way that they make it, but I have no idea what it is. Like, oh, I don't want a shake. I'll have you can have a milkshake or you can have a malt, and I've never been able to taste the difference. Like, ooh, that's a malt. I've always thought when people say I want a malt, they're just being, you know, fancy. You know, yeah, like I just call that. it a fucking shake. It's a shake, but I could be wrong. There apparently is some difference, but I don't think anybody knows what the difference is or can taste the difference regularly. Like, if I put a taste test in front of you, like this is a chocolate shake, this is a chocolate malt. Somebody would be able to really like, ooh, that's a malt right there. <laughs> that's an interesting. I'm gonna have to go get me one now. I don't know the last time I had a malt. I can't think of it either, honestly. But I would never get it right if I have a choice between a sh chocolate shake and a chocolate malt. I'm going chocolate malt every day. No chocolate shake every day. I'm going chocolate <laughs> yeah. shake every day. I'm not wasting my time with this malt stuff. You're confusing everybody. Mm, yeah, that's probably true. Okay, are you ready for a top five? <laughs> I I am. Okay, so our top five are top five popular things that you just have no interest in. And this could be anything from, like, trips to movies to things that people do. Just top five things that you don't have any interest in doing that other people seem to really like. What's your number five? Uh, Marvel or DC movies. Your favorite movie is Blade. Well, if I was actually creating a real list, that would not be in my top five movies. Uh, and I think you could agree that the direction of movies, though they've probably gotten better 
Uh, there are just so many of them now. And I don't really care about the characters. I didn't really grow up on the characters. I just, practically, that's what's carrying Disney right now, right? And is, yeah. is, uh, you know, I don't even remember the last time I I saw one or wanted to see one. I used to, I was a big fan when they came out. I wouldn't say that I would go to the movie theaters to see them necessarily, but if I'd be like, ooh, I want to see that movie. And now I've definitely lost a lot of interest because they kind of yeah, just seem to have this basic formula of like action, brief pause, witty one-liner, back to action, brief pause, witty one-liner, right? Like now they have a formula for all those movies and I'm and the, kind of losing interest in it. The best part is Samuel Jackson being casted in literally every one of them. He is basically, man, does <laughs> that guy just rake that in for that role? Oh. Like, what role can I play where I'm going to spend five minutes in each movie and then just collect a giant check? I mean, what a business decision he made. Yeah. I mean, he's. Man. I need that. I need his agent. I think he might be the highest earning movie star of all time, right? Like, he has been. The movies that he has been in have made more money than any other movie star. I think it's him. Yeah. I, it has to be. I mean, he was in the Jurassic Park franchise, Star Wars. Marvel verse. I mean, I think the only main things he hasn't done is Harry Potter and Star Trek. I couldn't really see Samuel L. Jackson in Harry Potter. I don't feel like he would fit in very well in that in that part. My number five is kind of like that. My number five is uh, I put specifically James Cameron movies. I have no interest in any of his movies like Avatar or Titanic, but I would broaden that out to any popular movie or TV show. Once it becomes super popular, I just have no interest in it. Just none. I refuse to watch it. Like I just have no interest. Okay. I I, I mean once I mean that's kinda of, that kind of was my number five. So Okay. All right. What's your number four? Uh going to public gyms. Oh, because you only work out in private with your Lars, your trainer. No, I so I knew you were gonna say something about that. I just I, I've done I've done the Planet Fitness, I've done the Powerhouse, I've done the Golds. Mind you, this was a hundred pounds ago, but I've done that, and I just, you know, I, it's just it's just not for me. Some people love that, especially you find out like during the pandemic, like people that they they needed to go to gyms or whatnot. Like I, I just don't need that. I would rather be in the comfort of my own home and work out if I'm going to do that or, or run in my neighborhood. I don't have any inclination to go to a public gym anymore. Hmm. Okay. I think it makes sense. Yeah, I know I get it, right? I don't think that they're necessarily the worst places in the world. It's just too expensive to have like a home gym. Yeah, I mean gym equipment I, is fucking expensive. You ever looked at is. how much like weights are? That's ridiculous. I'm yeah, it's I'm, ninety dollars for this piece of metal. I mean, gym prices are, are kind of crazy too. I I mean, you know, Planet Fitness is what, ten bucks? And that's like the, the bottom the bottom of gyms and term, yes, they have the basic stuff, but I mean, you know, like powerhouse, what 30 bucks a month now lifetime is 40 bucks. I mean, I can't wow. afford that. You sounded like the oldest man ever. $10, $10 a month. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. Then you know. he goes and buy $15 worth of fast food. $10 a month for this gym. Nope. I'll take six be. double cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs> Get off of me, I'm starving. Uh, my number four is collecting things. I don't understand why people collect things. Like, you just got a bunch of shit laying around your house. Like, I've got these 85 action figures. Great. I I mean, I, I don't have a problem with that. 
at all, yeah, actually. <laughs> giant collector over there. I mean, I, I, but people collect for certain reasons, right? I mean, some people it's nostalgic, some maybe it's emotional, you know? I mean, I don't have a problem with that. I just never had any interest in collecting stuff. I have a big interest in getting rid of stuff. How does that work out for you? With uh... Not working out very well, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you get that table and chair set yet? No. I have a policy in my house because I'm right now because my wife takes the kids to daycare and comes back and she does a lot of that stuff. So I clean the house. If I see something and it's in the same place three weeks in a row, it's gone. I'm throwing it out. That's a fair time frame. If I threw anything away, so is your wife like my wife? If, if you toss something and don't tell her within, I don't know, 12 hours, she'll come up to you and go, where did I put that thing that I haven't touched in 10 years? Right. It's exactly how it works. Yeah. As soon as you throw it away, that's when somebody wants it. Uh, what's your number three? Uh, I have uh, uh, swimming, but prim- it's more of like going to the beach, to be honest. You're not a beach guy. I'm not a beach guy. And it probably I've... correlates with the fact that you're also not a gym guy. <laughs> I would, just, I <laughs> no, would say I just... those two are closely related. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, of Irish and German descent, so I burn quickly, and I just, I just don't, not a big fan. Just not a big fan of the beaches. And I know every, there's a lot of people who are, and I'm just not a big fan. I'm not a big fan of like hanging out at the beach. I don't mind going to the water to do something, but just like, I'm just going to go to the beach and sit there. Well, couldn't you just sit there at your house? <laughs> like, I'm then you get all this sand. And you got to put on sunscreen and you're oily and kind of dirty and the sand sticks to you. Like, it's not really a fantastic experience unless you're doing something at the beach. I mean, that's about the only reason why I would consider going to the beach is to do something, you know, go in the water or this. Like, I, if you're, yeah, if you're just like, hey, come hang out, like, let's just have a beach day. Nah, I'm good. I'd rather. I don't really see you as much of a swimmer. I'm actually not bad, to be honest. Um, and mm. the first the first story I think of is one of those uh you know oh crap moment stories that we kind of touched on earlier but uh but what? yeah so. uh all right well now now I got to tell it uh we were, I was in Florida with my buddy we were on boogie boards um okay how old were you 22 that's not acceptable 23 maybe you can't have a boogie board at the age of 20 a boogie <laughs> You're a grown man by that time. There's no reason for you to have a boogie board. Did you rent it or did you buy it? Bought it. Bought it. Mind you, I think we ended up talking the uh, the shop person like I think they were like 30 40 bucks a piece and we got them for like 10 bucks I think. So Okay. There's still probably in the back of his mind like these grown adults are buying boogie boards. Like anyways, what do you want next? A snorkel set so you can go in three feet of water and look at the dirt on the ground. Oh, me and my snorkel. Me and my buddy were on these boogie boards and we had had some to drink and we thought it'd be a good idea to go into the ocean and uh, you know whatever they're called the cones or or the the barriers you know that tell you yeah. how far you're supposed to go for the current gets real bad. Yeah. Well, we we got out to that part and didn't realize because uh, we're not very smart that the current is way stronger than what we could paddle. Mm-hmm. And before we before we knew it, man, we were uh, 50, 60, 70 yards off the shore, like going in the wrong direction. That's a problem. Uh, yeah, that was scary, like really scary. Um, 
so we ended up uh he, he had seen something somewhere where if you turn sideways the current will like bring you into shore it weighs down the beach right because yeah just... the rip so, rip tides yeah so i think i don't know half mile mile down we headed up man we, wow. we were way out there like way the fuck out there so wow so, yeah, the lifeguards much... didn't even no Damn. no because we weren't like you know we were cool right like we were like mid-20s like we were we, we knew what we were doing no, we had no idea. No, clearly you did not. Um, I had a similar experience in the water. My wife and I had paddle boards, and the sun was going down, so we went out a little bit ways, but we were mm-hmm. kind of relaxing and, like, laying on the paddle boards and looking up. And then when we got up to, like, paddle back to the shore, we realized, oh, fuck, the sun's going down, and we're, like, 200 yards away from shore, <laughs> and we better fucking hurry because we're going to be in a lot of trouble here in a minute. Yeah, and no. it was kind of like in a deserted area, so there wasn't lights mm-hmm. on the shore where you could tell where you were going. It was like we better get moving. Yeah, that's... yeah. Alcohol and water is not uh, not a good not a good combination. Okay, uh, nope. My number three is reading. Okay, I'm, I just I'm don't reader, really have so. any. I just don't have any interest really in reading things. You, you're just a pictures guy. You just like to look at the pictures. Just get to the point, man. I don't need a 400-page book to tell me about submarines, right? <laughs> I know that you like reading about submarines, but I don't need 400 pages of sub. Like, hey, what was the submarine? Okay, that, it's, it's a thing that goes underwater. All right, I got it, right? Like, I need the tweet version. I don't need this 400-page book to waste my whole day. You're you're a fool, but all right, that's that's fine. Uh, my What's your favorite two? submarine? What kind? Tell me your favorite World War II submarine, John. Uh, I, I don't, to be honest, I, I don't really have one. I don't really read a lot of submarines. I do read World War II books, but they're not specifically on submarines. Okay. All right. <laughs> My number two is reality TV. The only thing that I would disagree with is like, it is kind of easy to turn it on and just leave it on. And I do like Million Dollars in New York with my boy Frederick. Or Frederick or whatever his name is. But I agree with you, right? Like, I don't have much of an interest in it. I, as I've admitted, I you know, the only show that... I, and I'm not... I, I haven't even started watching it this season is The Masked Singer, just because, I mean... That's one, incredible to me, right? You don't like reality television, but except for the one show that you do like is literally the lamest reality right. TV show. But I don't even know if I'm going to watch the season, like I said, because I just... You know, what are they going to do? Oh, man. A, <laughs> is it going downhill in quality? Oh, boy. What, what's your number two? Craft beer. Oh, I feel like this list is just... Basically just shots at you <laughs> the entire way. Uh, I just don't want to hear about it, right? Like, oh, man, I had this great craft beer. Because well, the story always starts out the same way, right? With a word that's just going to make me, make me cringe. Like... I had this craft beer, and I feel my body shovel shudder. <laughs> like, oh, it was a great IPA, and I feel it shudder, right? Like, the hops were incredible. I mean, sometimes it happens. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, you know my thoughts on craft beer. It's primarily what I drink, so. Right. I mean, you're a basic guy, man, you know? Captain right. and Budweiser. Or, or me- sorry, Ra- Rainier. Give me a Rainier or a Bud. Have you ever? I like. I like just saying Bud Heavy. Give me a Bud Heavy. No, I've never. When, when's the last time you had a Bud Heavy? I don't know if I've actually ever had a, a straight Budweiser. I don't think that I've ever had it. It's uh, it, it. I mean, it's it's exactly what you think it is. It does not surprise me 
that Bud Light is more more of a seller than Bud is. Oh, it didn't have didn't have a good hops IPA craft beer ratio. <laughs> no, it's terrible. But it doesn't fun. have a weird name like Funk Mageddon. Oh boy, that's probably actually craft beer somewhere. Right. Somebody named it something that way. Why I don't like craft beer is because people think it's too. It they 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 make it more important than it really is. Right. But I mean, like, dude, you're as, drinking beers and you're going to piss this out in 30 minutes. But that's what society does, though. Right. I mean, we always make things bigger than they are or more important than they are. Take a shot of well whiskey. I'm not opposed. And I've done plenty of those. I, you know, I'm not against that. I just I like craft beer. If, I, if I'm going to have a beer, I'd like to have what I like. And it's okay. not PBR. OK. All right. What's your number one? Social media. Ooh, by far, if I if I didn't have my you know, if I didn't do what I do for a living, I would probably have no social media. And if I did, you wouldn't know it's me. Like I would just have a a ghost account to maybe look at the people I want to look at or follow. And that's it. I don't think that it necessarily accomplishes any real purpose. Right. Like it's basically just a marketing tool for everybody. Right. Like that's one of the things in our society that if we probably got rid of it, we like we're not going downhill in any way. Like if we suddenly got rid of airplanes, that would be a negative. If we suddenly got rid of social media, it would probably be a positive for us. But that's never going to happen. I mean, it's never it's never going to happen. It's my two and a half year old daughter is, uh, you know, she knows what the Twitter and Facebook icons are on the iPad and she'll click on them and start scrolling, even though she has no idea what she's doing. Well, that's just bad parenting. It's well, I didn't say it was it's good parenting. I blame it on my wife. <laughs> okay, my number one is bungee jumping. <laughs> I just don't have any desire to go bungee jumping. I really just don't. I'm I mean I, I actually have skydiving on my honorable mention. So, yeah, kind not mm. the same thing, but kind of the same thing. I've been skydiving. I actually think skydiving was pretty cool and pretty fun. I just have no desire to go bungee jumping. Right? If I had a choice between bungee jumping and just jumping off that thing without any sort of bungee equipment, I would probably just jump off of it and see if I lived. I would rather do that than go bungee jumping. You seem to me to be one of those guys that would try the winged suits. I would rather do that than bungee jumping. Like, let me see if I can fly through this canyon. Dude, those guys are crazy as fuck. They are crazy. I also have uh, uh, like a circus performer on my list, so... Oh, you have no desire to be a circus performer? I have no idea or no no desire to walk a tightrope or, you know, hang out with a tiger. Nope, I'm good, man. I don't really have any desire in going to the circus. Like, well, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I, I, I don't either, to be honest. I don't even really like going to zoos. Man, the last time I went to a circus was when I was on Match.com before I met my wife and made out with a girl at the circus, and then we never talked again. <laughs> What? Uh, okay, I do. <laughs> wow, that's a that's a great. Why didn't you say right. that story earlier? Made out, we bad. made out at the circus and then never talked to each other again. Huh? Well, well, what what happened to her? Did like did you ever like just no give idea. a little look? Nothing? Huh? Okay. Nothing. Well. Nothing. Never. Neither of us ever bothered to talk to the other again <laughs> after making out at the circus. So that means either you were terrible or she was terrible. Somebody I think was terrible. We both, but see how terrible could we have been if we made out with each other? <laughs> right? I mean, 
first off, who decided it was your idea to go to the circus, wasn't it? I had free tickets. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> right, I had free tickets to the circus. <laughs> so we went to the circus. Okay. I mean... Made out. Never talked to her again. <laughs> okay. And she well... never called and she never reached out to me either. Right? So it was like we both made a decision and was like, that was nice. Let's never do that again. Right? That was a one off. She... She probably likes her guys a little taller than five four. So she probably met a guy with a big old took her to oh, a nicer boy. circus. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah, I agree. She didn't man. want peanuts. She wanted the whole thing. You didn't take her to know. <laughs> <laughs> good you one. should just press and now that was perfect. That's um, a good one. I'm pretty happy with that. But I want to know what's in your honorable mention. Things that you just don't care about. Uh fast cars, like really nice cars, luxury cars, don't care about that. Okay, um, I agree. I don't either. I also have boats on here. Like, I don't, I don't really care to go on a boat. Like, I like to fish, but I can just do that off a dock. I don't need to be in a boat. Okay, okay. Um, like I said, I I put parachuting, bungee jumping, um, and then I also put on here going to uh, like um, crowded places. Yeah, I'm not a big. I don't fan generally of that. like going to any place that's crowded. And. Uh, Except for a few exceptions, uh, going to like live events, like concerts, sporting events. I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of of, of that. Pro- probably because of the crowds. But okay. Yeah. Um, I would put sporting events on there. I don't generally have any interest in going to that when I can just watch it on TV and the experience is much better. Go to a bar and it's much funner than that. I also yeah. have running. I have no interest in running. Okay. It's just running. People like to run. Like, I'm going to go for a run. Why? No, nobody really likes to run. That's true. Unless right. you're that ultra marathoner we had on here, which he's just a freak of nature. That guy was a beast. He was sweet, dude, so, too. Yeah. Okay. That's all I got. <laughs> Don't fucking <laughs> me. <laughs> oh, okay. That's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. Would love to know what are some popular things that you just have no interest in. Bungee jumping is that for me. I just, why? Skydiving, okay. Wind, wind, the wind thing? Hang gliding? Fine. Bungee jumping? Nah. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.